0: So Money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So Money, episode 1450, how to slash your grocery bill by 50% with Saving Whiz, Gina Zachariah.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi.
0: Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money.
1: I don't want to save money for the sake of saving money and feel
0: miserable in the process. So I'm always looking at ways to test it out. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Furnish Tarabi. We're dedicating this episode to saving money on everyday items, starting with food. Maybe I'm late to this, but I just downloaded this app called Fetch. Uh, my friend introduced it to me. Basically, you scan your receipts to Fetch, whether that's an email receipt, a paper receipt, and you get points. And once you accumulate a number of points, maybe a thousand or whatever it is, they'll give you an opportunity to redeem that for cash back or a gift card towards a retailer of your choice, like Amazon or Target. So I started using Fetch. It's a small way to feel like every time I spend, it's gonna go towards something in the future, even if it's just $25 cash back after several trips to the grocery store, it feels like something. And so today we're gonna dedicate the show to how to save. As we head into 2023, a lot of us are concerned about the recession, losing our jobs and things are still expensive. Inflation is showing signs of cooling, but food prices in particular are not budging. They are are being very stubborn. Basics, eggs, milk, bread cost much more today than they did just a year ago. And so our guest today, Gina Zachariah, is a personal finance educator and grocery expert. Through her Saving Wiz platform and social network of over 3 million people, she helps people develop simple strategies to make saving easy and consistent. She is not about deprivation. She'll talk about that. And her advice is so good, so spot on. It's been featured on Good Morning America, the Today Show, Money Magazine, and now So Money. By the way, if you go into our show notes, she has a freebie. Grab her free freeze list. We talk about the importance of investing in a freezer and freezing. And what can you freeze? I didn't know you could freeze milk. Oh yeah, I learned a lot on this episode. I took a lot of notes. I hope you'll enjoy it. Here we go. Here's Gina Zachariah. Gina Zachariah, The Savings Whiz, welcome to So Money. It's great to have you on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Let's just dedicate a whole 30 minutes to saving money. I mean, we talk about it more or less on the show. The show is called So Money, so it's part of the whole theme of being financially awesome. But let's really drill down and, and tell everybody how we can really buckle up, because the latest data shows that pretty much every economist, almost every CEO is expecting a recession in 2023, like a real recession where we're going to see real job loss, a real pullback. Maybe we could start with your own, how you have become the savings whiz. I was reading an article on about how you have slashed your grocery bill alone in half, something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. groceries can be a big part of everybody's budget. But Gina, tell us a little about your journey to becoming a a savings queen. So when we first started, my husband and I were over, we
1: had over six figures of debt. And I wanted to find ways of saving money so that we could pay off that debt without feeling like I was depriving my children of having fun or depriving myself from having an actual lifestyle that was enjoyable. So I started looking at the everyday things that we were doing And realized there was a lot of power in those small things that I could be doing that could really amplify my savings so that I can save a lot of money in the back end and actually start paying off this debt. So it took us about five years and we were able to pay off that debt just by saving money and figuring out ways of tapping into those Unutilized resources that we have on an
0: everyday basis that we usually overlook. So, you didn't go out and try to earn more money. You just really used savings techniques. Tell us what worked for
1: you specifically. At first, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should be earning more money. Maybe I don't make enough money. And realized that actually I was making a pretty good salary, and so was my husband, but we weren't actually budgeting correctly and we weren't really looking at all of the things that could help us save money. So I started looking at groceries first because that's the first place that I knew I could probably cut back on. Not in the quality of the ingredients or that I was going to feed my family junk food all the time, but that there were things that I knew that I had been wasting money on that I could probably scale back. So I started there. When I first started I tried coupons. I tried all of the things that people talk about. And honestly, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, you save money, but you waste a lot of time. Or in my personal experience, I wasted a lot of time running to different stores, trying to figure out you know, where the best deals were. Instead, what I ended up doing was finding ways of creating a system in my kitchen to help mm-hmm. me save money. So I utilize my freezer storage, much more than my pantry storage. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I teach my audience is it's one of the most overlooked places in your kitchen. People look at the pantry first and they Mm -hmm. look at staple ingredients, but there are so many things that we think we can't store for long-term, things like dairy, bread, things that we use on an everyday basis that we could actually store for a month, two months at a time that we don't have to go run to the grocery store every week to go get, which means we can buy it on sale, stock up, And save while it's not on sale.
0: Yes. And so you really encourage people to create even maybe additional space in their home for a spot to have more storage, have a freezer. That was one of the first things we did when we got a house. We moved out of an apartment into a house and it was the pandemic. And so we were cooking a lot more and I thought, no brainer investment, get a freezer. And it has really served us well. Bread, frozen items, um, meats, all that sort of stuff, it really does cut down on your costs. It's it's easy math. Yeah.
1: And it's something you have to touch on every single week. Like every single person who watches my videos or listens to any part, any piece of advice that I provide, they have to go to their grocery store. There isn't anyone that's immune to it. So it's helpful across the board and it's Honestly, because personal finance can sometimes feel a little intimidating and overwhelming when you're first starting, starting with groceries, something that seems very small and doable, makes it easy for someone to start working on their finances.
0: I want to stick with this system around saving money on groceries. You also, let's mention, used a powerful Credit card to get your rewards in cash back. You use cashback apps while you weren't using coupons. You were using these cashback apps. And what about? I mean, this was before inflation. So right now, a lot of us are talking about like $8 eggs, you know, $7 milk. And, and this is not sustainable. And inflation has been so stubborn. What's your advice on just trying to bring down those costs that you can't freeze milk, right? You got to buy milk. You got to buy eggs. What's the solution there? Well, you can actually freeze milk, but we'll talk about
1: really? that. <laughs> you can. Um, I don't I don't know that everybody wants to do that, but you absolutely can freeze milk. You just have what? to take about a cup out of the gallon or out of the container before you freeze it. So when it expands, it doesn't like warp the container. But um, as far as like eggs or things that are incredibly expensive right now and are kind of skyrocketing as we speak, there's a lot of things you can do. When you see those things go on sale, because sometimes they still will, even in a recession, you will still see them kind of slightly decrease because they want to be able to bring you into that store that's the time to stock up on them. And I know you'll probably think, well, if I'm stocking up on five dozen eggs, well, they're gonna go bad before I can get to them. That's when you should pre-cook most of them, make freezer breakfasts, have things on hand that you can use for breakfast items where you don't have to store them in your fridge and they go bad. And you can buy them when they're at a cheaper price. So we do that a lot with onions. We do that with garlic. A lot of people will look at my garlic video and think, oh, there's no way that you got this garlic cheaper than if you got if you got it at Costco. And it's like, I do because I get it on sale.
0: And then mm-hmm. I just buy so much in bulk that I'm able to actually cut the cost. We should mention online, you have hundreds of thousands of followers uh, I'm looking at you on Instagram right now, Gina, and I think it's like, I think I like saw 800,000 600, yeah. 600, okay, mm-hmm. well, still. <laughs> it's just a rounding error. What are the videos? What is the content that people are really, can't get enough of? So to give us a sense of where our heads are at? It's
1: really funny that the content that actually speaks to most people are those pieces of content that a lot of people would have thought, oh, it's just common sense. But the thing is, a lot, a lot of us are so busy with our day-to-day that we overlook the small, tiny steps that we can take. So it's things like shredding our own cheese, chopping our own onion and then freezing it, processing our own garlic, taking care of our vegetables and then freezing them for when we need to cook them. Things like that, that seem like they would be very simple sometimes get overlooked. And those are the things that actually change the game when you're looking at saving money in your kitchen.
0: But you know, Gina, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Chopping onions, it takes time. And food planning, it takes time. What do you say to the mom or the dad that's maybe even the single parent, right? And they've got two jobs. And now you're telling me I got to chop my own onions. And my kids are screaming at me because they're hangry. How do I work around this? How do I create actually a system that works for me where I'm not I hate it. You know, like I want to like this, but I kind
1: of hate it. I completely understand. When I first started, I didn't do all of the things at once because my kids were young at that point and I didn't have a lot of time. My time was very limited. So I would say to anyone that wants to start that doesn't have a lot of time or doesn't really generally like this one processing of an ingredient, that's okay. Skip that and get the convenience item for that piece. But it's finding that balance that works for you. So if chopping onion isn't your thing, maybe shredding cheese is, or maybe having an extra five minutes in your Saturday morning while you're waiting for your tea kettle to, you know, to brew your coffee, maybe then you can do one extra thing that will help your future you get some get some savings
0: going. It just takes one step. You don't have to do it all at once. These grocery saving strategies saved your family 400 bucks a month, four to 500 bucks a month. You went from spending about 800 to, to 1,000 a month to more like 400 a month. How big is your family, Gina? I have a family of four. So I have two daughters and it's my husband and me. All right, we, we tackled food. Okay, food, check. What's the next area that we should be focusing on? I mean, like housing is kind of hard to... Budget for, I mean, I obviously have heard stories of people moving and going to get lower cost housing, but or refinancing their mortgages when you could get a lower rate. But the idea of like negotiating with your landlord is not really a possibility in this market as much as maybe in previous markets. So, what's next? Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. For me, I always start.
1: After groceries, we start with bills. So again, looking at the everyday expenses, the things that we use or not use on a daily basis, and the things that we pay for every single month. So when we were looking at it, our next step was really looking at our entertainment expenses. What kind of things do we currently have that we are using supposedly for entertaining, but we're not using as much as we think we are? And at that point, it was really cable. And I remember having this conversation with my husband and I'm like, but wait, the kids aren't going to have the Disney channel. Like I'm not going to have the food network. Like what am I going to do when I get home? It's, I'm going to be super bored. And he was like, look, how about we just try it for one month and see, I mean, cable, the cable company will, of course, take us back if we want to come back, right? So I was like, okay, I'm game. We can try it out for a month. And literally within the first week, I found all of these network channels that I had never even heard of before that basically had the same type of content I loved and the things that my kids like to watch for free. And I was like, wow, I would have never even discovered those things if I hadn't even taken the chance to cut the cable. So we cut the cable, I want to say almost 15 years ago at this point, never looked back because we were paying $130 at that time because we had international channels. And I, I kid you not, that one thing alone made such a big difference in our budget, but I also wasn't missing the entertaining piece of it because I found an alternative that worked and saved me a lot of money. So I would look at all of your bills in that way and see, is there something I can do temporarily to see if I really do need this item or not? And if it doesn't work and I really do need it, there is no harm in going back. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of testing out your current lifestyle and seeing if you can find alternatives so that you can still have the same lifestyle, but at a, a much lower bill.
0: I think a lot of us did that math 15 years ago, 10 years ago, cutting the cable. It's now a new hard thing where it's like, which of the streaming channels do I cut? Or, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm probably paying more now for my television options than I did 15 years ago. And I can't imagine a life without Hulu or Netflix or it's definitely not HBO Max, please. I think if I had to rank them, it would be like HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, but then it also depends on what shows are back You know, so um, is there a work around that? Can you unplug for like the months when maybe White Lotus isn't, you know, on season two yet and then it's back and they're like, okay.
1: Like you said, it's about prioritizing, right? You've got your top one and two and three. So it's really looking at how many shows, for me, it's how many shows am I watching on every platform and really comparing it that way and seeing which which ones do I spend more time watching? For us personally right now, we have Netflix and we have Disney Plus and mm-hmm. both of those work really well because our kids love Disney Plus. Even though I have a 21 year old, she still loves it. <laughs> and I love Netflix because I, I get to watch all of the things I like. And we have, we've started to look into Plex, which gives us the option of seeing all of the things we want. So we're kind of trying that out right now to see if we can eliminate... Netflix and Disney Plus if we were to get Plex. So it's really just testing things out and seeing what feels good because that's, that's Mm -hmm. the bottom line for me is I cannot save money if I feel like I'm depriving myself from something. And I know as adults, we do have to sometimes make the hard decisions when we're trying to save money. But my ultimate goal is I don't want to save money for the sake of saving money and feel miserable in the process. So I'm always looking at ways to test it out. That's a
0: really, really important point. We sort of skipped this, which I think should have been maybe the first things we talked about. But before you and your partner embarked on this savings journey to get out of debt, what anchored you? I mean, obviously to get out of debt, but what was it? Well, it had to be more than that, right? Like what were you envisioning after the fact? Like once you were gone with that six figures worth of debt, what was the life that you were envisioning? And what's your advice for others who are trying to get motivated? Well, I will tell you before
1: we even got into that amount of debt, we were living paycheck to paycheck. And I remember feeling stressed and feeling like I was kind of put in a corner, like I was working hard, but I had nothing really to show for it. And then when we got into all of this debt, this is when we moved into our home and we did all of these renovations that were seemed necessary at, the, at that moment. And now I look at it and think, okay, I probably didn't do, need to do all of those things. But now that we're in all of this debt, Working hard and paying off that debt every single month felt discouraging in a lot of ways. I was waking up early, taking my kids to school, going to work all day, and really had nothing to show for it at that point either because all my money was going to my debtors. One of the things that helped encourage me to keep going was writing a list of all of the things that we currently pay And then writing a list, and this was just the names of those payments. So like my Chase card, my car loan, whatever it was, and I just wrote a list of that. And then on the other side, I wrote a list of the things that I would be paying once all of that debt would be paid off. And the short list really motivated me because I'm like, imagine having just six or seven payments that I'm making per month versus 25 payments I'm making per month. And imagine how much I can do with all of that money that's currently going to debt and what that money can do for me once it's free and I actually own it. Because when you're in debt, you don't own your money at that point, your creditors do. So every moment that you're working, you're really working to make sure they're happy and they're satisfied. You're not doing anything to build your lifestyle or your wealth or your future. So that part was really motivating for me to get me to a place where it was like, I was fully focused and on track to save the money and pay off that debt because I wanted to start
0: owning my life. And back then saving was the purpose of saving was to get out of debt and own your money. Now that you don't have the debt, you're continuing to save maybe in other ways. What's the new goal? What's where has the goalpost moved to? It's early
1: retirement. I want to be able to own my time now. So before I really wanted to own my money. Now it's really about owning my time. I want to be able to travel with my kids and take care of my day the way I want to take care of it. I don't want to have to wake up early to go to work or feel like there is something I have to do. I want to be able to do things I get to do. Mm -hmm. So that's really the motivating factor for me right now. That's what we're working on.
0: Tell me about your day-to-day. You know, the, the life of a creator online who's also an advice giver, who's also a mom, who's also, my gosh, running your own personal life how do you structure your day? How do you own your time right now?
1: Well, I actually work full time as a budget analyst for a university. And at night I work on Saving Whiz. And during the day, like on my lunch break, I will work on home things. (laughs) So I don't have a lot of free time right now, which is, I think one of the things that resonates with a lot of people because when people tell me they don't have time I'm like I totally hear you I don't either.
0: You have the luxury of not having time in some ways it seems like because you just have to get things done when you get a pocket of time. Yes, absolutely. It's almost like like when when you become a mom suddenly you're like super productive. <laughs> yes, that is true. At work at least because you can't wait to get home or you have you know you have a ton of things waiting for you at home so you don't waste a minute when you're working.
1: Yes, that's exactly true. Absolutely. You're actually forced to have more of that structure. And that structure actually helps me very much because I know that if I don't do this thing, I will have to do it at a time where I absolutely don't have the time. So it makes me more motivated to do it now because I have that extra five minutes that I can do it.
0: Well said. Well put. I I totally relate to that. Although I don't have 600,000 followers on Instagram, so I am not using my time apparently as productively. Let's go back to bills. We were talking about, you know, being really like experimenting, like maybe you skip a month, see how it feels. I always say that about investing, you know, in your 401k, a lot of people say, I don't have the money. I I don't, I can't afford it. Try it for a month. You can always turn it off. You can always dial it back, but at least give yourself the benefit of the doubt and try it and see what happens. What about negotiating with your billers? So I know you're all about not sacrificing, not necessarily changing your routines, but just being smarter about how you go about Paying for things, and and I think negotiating is, is a great way to do that. Have you had success with this? And can you share some examples?
1: Yeah, so I actually talk about this as well um, with my group, the Super Savers. So we talk about negotiating bills a lot because a lot of people don't actually know that the companies that you currently are members with will work with you. They want to retain your business, so there are ways that you can negotiate your bills, even if it is. Um, you know, just calling them up a lot of times and telling them that you would like to continue the service with them, but you're seeing that their competitors have all of these new rates. A lot of times they'll go back and they'll they'll discount your current bills for maybe six months or a year. And it only takes asking because they're not going to come up to you and say, hey, you want me to lower your bill? <laughs> but right, you right. asking that question Um, prompts them to want to retain your business because they can see that you're actively looking to see if their competitors can offer something better. And they're always willing to work with
0: you at that point. What I like to do is use the chat option the message option on the website or the app, rather than calling, it's a, it's a time saver, but it's also less awkward sometimes because I know I get this way too, even though I love talking about money. As soon as I have to now ask for a discount, I suddenly like feel like I'm in violation of something, which I'm not, I'm completely in the right, as you say, to ask for a deal. They're giving them out, can I also qualify? And um, so the chat button, you know, it's it's just a, a really easy Maybe introverted way of of getting what you want, and uh, that way you can also multitask while this is happening. Um, I also want to mention that companies have customer retention; like they're they're not going to call you to say, "Hey, we have this new deal, or we'd like to give you a discount," but. You better believe there are employees. This is their job and they're called customer retention. So when you call the 800 number or if you are chatting, make sure you're talking to the right people that are empowered to give you the discount. Sometimes it's not the person right on the front lines. It's their boss or a different department.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea of the chat box. For me, yeah. personally, I love being able to talk to someone just because I feel like there is this personal connection. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the idea of the chat box for someone who's busy or doesn't want to really have that conversation and like on the phone. That's perfect. I yeah. love that.
0: You can start with the chat bot if you don't get anywhere. Pick up the phone. I agree with you that hearing someone's voice, leveling with them, right? Because the person on the other line gets it. They're at mm-hmm. home trying to also save and budget and maybe get out of debt, so they they can empathize with what you're trying to pursue. Um, and that might actually work in your favor. So tell us about this group, the savings group that you're running, and what are the conversations that you're having? Who are Who's joining the club? Who's saving right now? Who's interested in saving right now? Everybody, but who's in your club?
1: So the super savers, I would say mostly, um, I would say 90% of them are busy moms, just like me, who understand that they have limited time, but they really want to amplify their savings and understand on a basic system level, how to do that in their own lives. What's really great about the group is it's not them just copying everything that I'm doing, but really finding that balance that works specifically for their lifestyle. So it's tailored to them. And so the first six weeks of the program are specifically grocery savings. Once they start to kind of get that groove going, they're empowered to do so much more. Then we talk about bill savings. And then we go into really understanding how to create a budget that works for you. And then we go into long-term savings. So building wealth and understanding how to do that automatically so that it's working for you on the back end while you're living your life on the front end without you having to put too much effort into all of those components. It starts to just become this automatic machine while you get to live
0: your life and enjoy your family. And before we let you go, I got to ask about childcare. Do you tackle how to save on childcare? Because I, I would imagine, especially within your group and you as a mom, this is a very you know, hot button issue. We, I would love for, you know, universal childcare, but until that day comes, um, what do you recommend, you know, parents start thinking about even before they have kids as they look to save in this very big category that's almost as like a mortgage at this point for a lot of families?
1: Yeah, childcare is incredibly challenging. I was super lucky to have my mom around so that she could take care of my kids. But honestly, I don't know at that point in my life, starting as a new career with a young mom and having childcare as one of the biggest burdens, um, that would have been really, really difficult for me. I will say that right now with everything that's going on and the idea of remote work being so more, so much more prevalent, it is a little bit easier for you to negotiate that work life balance in that you can do a hybrid work schedule so that you're not having to work every day outside of the home so that you can cut the costs in that way. But um, ultimately there are other programs that you can use for childcare. So I remember when I was in college, they had programs out there to subsidize some of your childcare costs, depending on what your income was. So if you're at a place where your income bracket is a little lower and you really do need that childcare, there are programs out there that can help
0: supplement it for you. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's just such a An ongoing challenge for families. And I I have to believe it's why some households don't have kids. It's like it really scares people, the cost of raising a kid in this country. And it's hard enough to support yourself, let alone now having dependents. But we are so grateful for your advice. It's obviously resonating with so many people, especially now more than ever. We need to revisit this. I know we talk a lot about investing on this show and earnings strategies and entrepreneurial inspiration. But let's go back to basics some days, you know, and just talk about how to revisit the budget and and spend more thoughtfully and cut costs where we can without sacrificing the lifestyle that we want. Thanks so much, Gina Zachariah. Thank you. Thanks to Gina for joining us. Check out savingwiz.com, her platform, and our show notes for her free Freeze list, foods that you can absolutely freeze. I'll see you back here on Wednesday, and I hope your day is so money.